VR as a, a tool for gaming and 360 educational content is probably, you know, it's probably not necessarily booming, but it's definitely not declining. Um, whereas documentaries, dramas, it's making performances, it's really making people, and me, especially as someone who works in that field, and I'm sure you're the same, like reevaluate that side of things. And like, you know, for me personally, like I've got, you know, I was supposed to have this big BFI uh, VR drama kick off this year, but now it's being moved to, to next year, 2021. Um, and already I'm thinking about, well, what's the game plan here? Because before I would make a piece like that, and I would know that, okay, I'm gonna do a run of pop-up VR cinemas. Hey, so welcome Alex on my, uh, the podcast. Yeah. I got the, uh, the guy, but just why, I know we, uh, we I tried it earlier in the year during the spring of 2020, but I uh, just want to get your thoughts on now with the, with a few countries going back into a lockdown and stuff and seeing if there's any, a bigger need for 360 right now or people have invested more into 360 gear or heavier and they'll probably like that okay probably if you hold everybody investing more into 360 but judging from back into the way you're locked in mm, i think it's a it's so interesting, right? Thinking back to when we talked only a matter of months ago because it felt like such a different situation even back then, even though we're still going through the same things, right? And the pandemic is still very much here and it's still affecting a lot of things. Like you say, we're going back into these lockdowns, but it feels like we have a much stronger sense of where we're going now. And we can, I don't know about you, but I feel like we can kind of see a light at the end of the tunnel now. I think for 360, what that means is, what I've been seeing anyway, is a lot of a lot of reevaluation about where to put efforts when it comes to 360. So, for example, before people might have been experimenting with 360 for things like performances or for um, you know, it's kind of like a nice to have for like marketing or activations or things like that. And I think what where we are right now is that people have gone okay we couldn't do you know any of the vr distribution or as much 360 kind of distribution because of the pandemic um so where do we what's kind of what's the best use of 360 right now like where can it actually be useful and also where can we make sure that if we spend this money doing 360 that we actually get a return and for me that seems to have been um, definitely in the healthcare space. I mean, it's not surprising, like there's been, been a lot of money kind of like chucked at healthcare for obvious reasons. So I've seen like a lot of kind of, um, you know, hospitals that want some kind of like escapism for their patients or um, needing to rapidly train locum nurses or, um, you know, new staff coming into hospitals, needing them to be upskilled very quickly on, where everything is and procedures and rolling out new training that is specifically specifically related to COVID. I've seen like a lot of people use 360 for that and that's really useful. So that's amazing, right? That's like really promising that actually during some a time like this, 
we're seeing that 360 isn't just, it's not always a nice to have, it's actually quite a powerful tool. And my, me personally, like the work I've been doing, a lot of the work that I was doing in the entertainment space came to a complete halt. But the work that I was doing in training, that became really actually quite prominent. And it became this really quite powerful tool um, to remotely train people or to have an experience where, yes, we can't be in the same room together having this training. So how do I make it as immersive as possible? How do I get people as more engaged? I can do that through 360 in a VR headset. So, I mean, look, I'm, I'm feeling vaguely positive, especially coming out of the festive period. I don't know whether it was the same in Canada, but in the UK, Oculus was in the top 10 free apps on App Store over Christmas. That's huge. That's like a really positive sign that people have been buying headsets. And maybe that is just, you know, for gaming or for, you know, just escapism at home. But what that will mean is that more and more people have access to this hardware, which will allow us 360 creators to continue to make for the people that have access to headsets. But of course, like I'm a little bit biased because I make 364 VR headsets. So I don't know actually about 360 in terms of online content. Maybe you could speak to that, David, because that's something you're a bit more experienced with, like in terms of creating for YouTube and Facebook and the other kind of online platforms. Yeah, I think it, I think I, I sometimes treat on my YouTube this uh, like scenic type videos on my YouTube and like Facebook. The guy, the guy, those are the bigger platforms where it's easier to view, I find. But most people probably view them on the mobile phone, I find. But, but I think that's the challenge. I think people, I think the 360 is only, you can just view it on your phone, you have to move your phone around. I think that's the challenge now we have to get people to know that they can or get a headset or a Google Cardboard to get a Quest. And like I even got my, I think, I, think I still have my Oculus Go and it's still all the quality, like all the recent documentaries I've been watching on the E360 documentaries are pretty, like the qualities are pretty there. Like it's, yeah, like there's not a huge, I mean, I know that is meant to be really powerful and good quality for the for the for the average person they're not going to see a massive difference and oculus go is, is is a great like entry point still isn't it but what about you do um stock footage as well right have you seen any like more interest or less interest on stock footage during this time uh more like i haven't seen much into into v60 has dropped recently i think Ever since the pandemic started, I haven't always sold it, but, but uh, yeah, but there's any 2D stuff I've been selling more. So, the like, not 360 footage, but, but in terms of a 360, uh, fine. it's hard, it's a harder thing to sell because you have to, it's very specific to the production I find for documentaries. Yeah, and with, with distribution being harder yeah. for documentary makers, it makes yeah. it less yeah, less easy. I think I think we're gonna it's interesting. I feel like more than ever, VR as a a tool for gaming 
and 360 educational content is probably, you know, it's probably not necessarily booming, but it's definitely not declining. Um, whereas documentaries, dramas, it's making performances, it's really making people, and me, especially as someone who works in that field, and I'm sure you're the same, like reevaluate that side of things. And like, you know, for me personally, like I've got, you know, I was supposed to have this big BFI uh, VR drama kickoff this year, but now it's being moved to, to next year, 2021. Um, and already I'm thinking about, well, what's the game plan here? Because before I would make a piece like that, and I would know that, okay, I'm gonna do a run of pop-up VR cinemas, and I'm gonna try and, you know, get to keynote and speak on panels about it. I could build masterclasses around it um, to make it, you know, worthwhile to like share, to get people to actually see it. Because the problem is with people that own VR headsets at home, chances are they're not always necessarily looking for entertainment content, unless they are in the industry, in which case they might be like you and I, we might go on there to watch the drama and watch the documentaries and stuff. But the average person that has a VR headset at home, most likely are using it for games. And if they're not using it for games, maybe they're using it like as like a social kind of thing, like with their family or with their friends, they're like using it to kind of like show, or maybe they're like, maybe they've taken some home movies over the Christmas period or they're reliving things like that. Um, I don't know whether there's a huge audience. I don't know. I mean, it would be fascinating to hear from Oculus whether there is a big audience for people that have the headset at home and are specifically looking for entertainment content. So I think that's the, the kind of the annoying bit that we're in at the moment is without those places to go and showcase 360, it becomes hard to know where, where to put your efforts, I think. Do, would you agree with that? Yeah, I think just recently, I think, Back in the fall, I had one of the probably one of the universities was here. They did a well need that they were getting requests for on the website for people wanting to like, see all the do a tour of because they normally do a in person tour of the of the campus and they couldn't really get people down. You know, so they were getting like, hundreds of people just emailing them to the website wanting to just wanting to view the, the campus, but they couldn't, uh, yeah, so they just hired me to do uh, a tour, like a 360 tour, and they just put that up on the website, so. Perfect, like that's, and that's such a perfect use case, right? And that's an example of something where the pandemic has probably accelerated the need for that. That was similar to um, a university that my dad teaches at, same thing, they needed a virtual tour because people couldn't come for the open day. And that's really interesting because then maybe long-term, people will think twice, do I really need to go and visit in person or can I do this online virtual tour that will be you know, akin to or give me a good feel for uh, for the place. And then if I really like it or I really am thinking about it, maybe I'll, you know, travel down to see it. So maybe it's accelerated that side of the 360 world. And, and, and that wouldn't be surprising to me. And that's something that I talk about a lot on my podcast is that idea of like, go for the go for the kind of the businesses that you can help with 360 rather than the bits that are the nice to haves again because you know it's not cost effective for someone to pay 
thousands of dollars to have a 360 video of something that could really be a normal 2D video and would be safer and cheaper to make. But something like that, something like, you know, a tour of a campus, like people would pay or not necessarily pay but the, the the university themselves or the company would pay to get that made because then they're potentially still reaching hundreds if not thousands of people through the online tour Dr. Nigel, what your plans for the future of 2021 is if you have any like 360 projects on the go or, or like planning them for the next year? Or? Yeah, so um, obviously I've been, I've been really enjoying podcasting this year in 2020. Ironically, as a filmmaker, I find podcasting is just such a brilliant form. I think because of the fact that it's so easy, the quality is amazing and you can reach loads of people all within like an hour if you wanted to versus 360 where you know you spend a lot of time money and effort making something and then not many people see it so um i'm definitely going to be focusing a lot on still helping other people create 360 businesses and upskill and if people want to start a career in VR and 360, that's absolutely something that I'm going to continue to help people with. Um, I do have the BFI uh, project that I was commissioned to do. It's a VR drama. It's a 360 project. Um, although I have been toying with the idea of doing it as a 180 project, purely from the point of view of the data that I am seeing come out of, like uh, you know, people consuming VR entertainment. They're not necessarily, unless it's a game where you're actually physically interacting with the whole environment, they're not that bothered about the behind. You know, most people, even if they're seeing it on a swivel chair, from the countless amounts of VR cinemas that I've ran, most people still face forward. So I've been toying with the idea of making that 360 project more like a 220, 180 kind of project. Um, but adding this other layer to it, when I think about like why I want to make 360, it's because I really do love the idea of like stepping into another character, stepping into the shoes of someone else. And so with this piece, you become a character in the story. You are the main character. Uh, and I was thinking about it recently and thinking about, for me personally, the amount of extra budget and extra effort and attention and post-production that has to go on for it to be a 360 piece um, is not necessarily always worth the trade-off because you could do a really good 180 or 220 kind of immersive piece for headset and you could still get that feeling of being that character and being in that situation. Um, so potentially that 360 project could turn into a 180 project who knows maybe there'll be someone listening to this podcast in a year's time and be like no it still ended up being 360 or you know yeah it did end up being a 180 so we'll see but that is that's the immediate project on the horizon that'll be the first kind of like six months of next year um and then i'm going to continue doing my like client work um, i'm imagining quite a quite a bit of activity around unconscious bias training um, and maybe some other forms of kind of like induction training and things like that which which I'll kind of like look to get involved in um, and that's it really what about you what projects have you got on the horizon uh, I'll do more 
I want to like specialize in like three sixty time lapses and stuff of different like buildings and bridges and stuff. So I think that's I think that hopefully uh, we'll continue. There's a few projects here locally I'm probably working on. So that's awesome. That's awesome. Do you have any plans with? Because I know you you are equally a 2D filmmaker and a 360 filmmaker, right? Have you got any more plans to like become maybe more of a 360 filmmaker or are you gonna wait until, you know, it starts to take off again before you jump in? I'm still like, in between both, I haven't really jumped the code, but, but. Still, I still for projects, I sort of pick them for 360 or 2D. Sometimes they're better. I just like just look at the 2D productions. And I think that's the trick to see which ones would be better in a 360 documentary or as a 2D. That's and how do you generally how do you decide whether one is best for one and one for the other? If it like if it puts you into a character or puts you into a if you if it's like a visual if, if it's a visual Got a party spot that you can just look all around. Like if it's a visual, so that a story that you can have, or that you can look all around at different sort of uh, like items or something in the room, or like my uh, my dance a 360 video. But that was good in 360 because she can like dance around the camera and stuff and she can do her moves around the camera so that was I think that was a good a 360 film if you haven't already seen it, it's on my YouTube channel it's great it's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I but, totally yeah. Yeah. someone told me the best way to decide is if, it, if it's going to be in VR you either need to be there or be them and yeah. I think that's a good point it's either yeah really not amazing visual location or action happening or character that's in what embodying that whole space rather than just you know oh 360's cool so I'll just do it like that it's like trust me if, you, if you're the kind of person listening to this oh I'll just make it because like that seems interesting save yourself the time and money and, <laughs> and you know only pick something to make in 360 if it really lends itself and that's that is part of the reason why you know I'm considering changing this BFI um, drama to 180 because I'm not sure there is enough of a reason for it to be in 360 like I want you to be the character you are in the shoes of the character but is there going to be loads of action happening behind you? Probably not. Is there going to be, you know, lots of times where you need like the full kind of full range of motion? Probably not. I want I want it to be seen in a cinema setting as a group, you know, with and I want you to have like agency over the characters like kind of speech and things and that's the important part, not whether or not you can turn your head like an owl 360 degrees. So, yeah, I think interesting. I think I, I think I, I bought my I bought like a silver chair just for my 360 film, just to watch 360 like got content something. I just bought a silver chair just for that purpose, so I could easily watch a 360. That's awesome. And do you tend to find that most of the things you watch 
you do end up turning around all the time or do you think most things you watch mainly focusing forward? Well, only if they tell you to look a certain direction or look. I find that's a key for directing. If they tell you to look in some direction or... Some people put the two, if they have graphics, they like put them in like two or three spots, I find, in like some documentaries. So that if you miss one angle, you still get sort of a text version of it in one. Yeah. Have you watched anything good recently? Like, have you got any documentaries you want to talk about that you've seen and yeah. gone up? Mostly all the Nasty Dream Graphic. I think uh, the short films that they do on Aquas. Much of you watch them. The Nasty Dream Graphic. I think in Africa. I think they went to Africa and a lot of places. And was that produced by Oculus themselves or independent? Um, I think it was independent by Nasty Dream Graphic. Or, Nice. Yeah, because National Geographic, they have their own um, app on Oculus. Yeah, I think it was independent. It might have been independent producers, but not sure. Mm, licensed by them. Yeah, like things like that, like, does not surprise me that that kind of stuff would be really popular, like the nature and going places that you'd never be. Like, I always think whenever I watch like David Attenborough TV series, I think that stuff is just begging to be done in, in VR because, you know, you're never going to get the chance to go to some of those places ever, see some of those things. So to actually put on a headset and feel like you were there would be absolutely amazing. Um, yeah, like just such a good use of it. Yeah. I think even some of the travel shows I watch and stuff, I think it'd be amazing to just to capture the stories and stuff in 360. I think that would be it. Yeah, definitely. I think if VR was a bit more mainstream during this pandemic, I feel like that would have been such a massive use case for it. If people had VR headsets at home, I feel like people probably would have been using them to, you know, go and visit these places. If they were like, you know, if it was like high quality footage of some of the like, the wonders of the world, for example, what a cool thing to do, like whilst you're at home, like dreaming of being there, but not being able to physically go there. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see where we're at in like five years time to see whether we are, you know, enough people have headsets to warrant use cases like that. Because I think my guess would be that we'll start to see the next big wearables in the form of glasses, which will then normalize things like that. It will normalize this idea of having, you know, um, having like the augmented world, the virtual world overlaid in your real world, which again makes me, does make me think about 180 maybe being something that would overlap into AR because 360 is obviously all encompassing which is amazing and I love it, but 180, theoretically, you could have 180 with AR glasses because the field of view would need to be 
all the way around. I don't know. It, it, I think it's going to be. It's going to be. I'm going to be fascinated. I don't. I don't really have like a bias one way or another of what's going to happen. Um, Uh, the thing to join me on the, with the guy, this probably at the end of this month episode. Happy New Year! It's never four episodes of interesting people in 2021.